0: From Mamma Mia, hi, I'm Claire Murphy. Welcome to the Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. In case you missed it, the Reserve Bank of Australia upped interest rates earlier this week, the first time they've done so in over 10 years. Today's interest rate hike is likely to be the first of many.
1: Major lenders wasted no time in passing on the first rate rise.
0: The extra quarter of a percent will not only affect how much you'll pay for your mortgage, they raised it higher than predicted, earlier than expected, and after saying they would be cautious and wait for certain markers to be reached before they did, they didn't end up waiting for that information to even arrive before deciding to lift the cash rate. We're being told it's to keep a lid on inflation, but how does that actually work? How long will we be facing higher mortgage rates and who will be the best and worst off now. Today, we're doing some Economics 101 to explain why this was the interest rate rise we had to have. Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts.
2: That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia! subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia! Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamma mia.com.au.
0: On Tuesday, the Reserve Bank of Australia announced that interest rates would be rising from the historic low of 0.1% to the new level of 0.35%, a 25 basis point increase. The Reserve Bank Governor, Philip Lowe, explained that it was due to a combination of Australia's low unemployment rate and our recovery from the pandemic, along with the current inflation rate.
1: This resilience of the economy means that the record low interest rates are no longer required. The main
0: driver of the higher inflation has been global developments with a series of major global supply shocks pushing prices up over the past year. The pandemic has interrupted supply chains and it continues to do so with the recent lockdowns in some of the large
1: Chinese cities.
0: The timing of this interest rate rise is a little controversial. There hasn't been a rate rise in more than 10 years and for one to happen during an election campaign is rare. The last time was back in 2007 when then PM John Howard apologised to the country over it. The RBA don't want to be seen as interfering at the polls, as they're run independently of the government. Despite that, some say it is the current government's fault that this rate rise happened much sooner than expected. Scott Morrison was asked on Monday whether the impending Tuesday rate rise would cause him some headaches when we head out to vote in a few weeks' time. But he said it was nothing he could control.
1: It's not about what it means for politics. You guys always see things through a totally political lens. I don't.
0: Later on Tuesday night, we received an email from Julie, who asked a question that many of us have raised. What does this all mean?
2: I'd like you to do a deep dive on how a rise in interest rates will slow inflation. My simple understanding of inflation is the rising cost of goods and services. I'd like to know how rising interest rates is meant to slow this down, as I'm really struggling to wrap my brain around it. I'd be really grateful if you could unpack this in the wonderful way that you do. Kind regards, Julie.
0: Julie isn't the only one asking exactly how this whole thing works. With so many numbers being thrown at us as the reasons behind it, it can get pretty muddy. So, Julie, here we go. The RBA is responsible for setting and implementing monetary policy in Australia. And the primary tool for monetary policy is the country's interest rate. It's often referred to as the cash rate. The Reserve Bank Board sets the target for the cash rate in our market, the market in which our banks lend to and borrow money from each other overnight. Changes in the cash rate then flow through to other interest rates in the economy, influencing how we spend and save which is ultimately how it impacts inflation. But what causes inflation? And how does banks lending each other money fix it? Fabrizio Camignani is a Professor of Economics and Acting Pro-Vice-Chancellor of Business at Griffith Business School. He's served as Head of the Department of Accounting, Finance and Economics and for the last five years as Dean. His research is in the broad field of Applied Macroeconomics and Applied Econometrics. Professor, can you take us back to high school economics for a second? What is inflation and what causes it?
1: Inflation is essentially the increase in the price of goods and services. Prices tend to increase over time. They tend to increase more or less fast. And inflation measures the rate of growth of the price level in the country. Inflation can be caused by different factors, and in short terms, we can say that there are two main reasons why prices tend to grow more or less fast. One is the demand for goods and services. When there is a strong demand for goods and services, because, for instance, the economy is doing well, unemployment is low, then prices tend to accelerate faster. The other factor is the supply of goods and services. If there are, for instance, uh, supply shortages, as we are experiencing right now because of the geopolitical conditions and because the post-COVID disruption of supply chains, then again, prices tend to grow faster. At the moment in Australia, we're experiencing a bit of both. Demand is quite strong because the economy is doing well and we are experiencing the type of supply shortages that many other countries around the world are experiencing. So the combination of these two things is causing a rate of acceleration of prices that is certainly higher than what we have experienced for many years before. And this is the concern that we refer to as high inflation or fast accelerating inflation. So
0: why don't we want inflation to happen? Why do we need to keep a lid on it?
1: Well, obviously, uh, inflation or an inflation like the one that we're experiencing now means that prices are growing quite fast, and therefore the cost of living is increasing. To some extent, how bad inflation is for the average household will depend on what happens to salaries, to wages. So if wages grow at the same rate as prices, then the real purchasing power of a household doesn't change. However, it is often the case that when inflation is accelerating, uh, wages don't keep up. So there is a decrease in the real purchasing power of families. Also, we have to consider the fact that as wages tend to eventually catch up with inflation, there is a feedback effect on prices. So faster growth in wages will also translate into faster growth in prices. And there is a potential for a negative spiral that can escalate. And when inflation gets out of control, then we have a full disruption of, or potentially a full disruption of, the financial system. We have seen this in many countries before. Inflation out of control is very disruptive. It can lead to a full economic collapse. So we want to make sure that we keep it under control before it gets out of control.
0: So can you then explain to us how a rise in interest rates can counteract inflation?
1: The interest rate will affect the demand for goods and services. When the RBA, the Reserve Bank of Australia, increases the cash rate, what happens is that all the commercial bank rates will also increase. So the rates that we pay on mortgages, the rates that we pay when businesses want to borrow money from banks, they all increase. Now these increasing rates will make borrowing more expensive and therefore reduce demand for a certain type of goods and services. As I said before, a, a strong high demand for goods and services is one of the two factors that causes inflation. By increasing the interest rate, the Reserve Bank of Australia cools down demand and therefore contributes to reducing the rate at which prices are growing. It's, in fact, probably the main economic policy instrument that can be used to control inflation.
0: A lot is being said now about the timing of this interest rate rise coming, that it's uh, seeing that it's during an election campaign. And Mr Morrison has been asked about this interest rate rise and about whether it's his government who has influenced it. What is the relationship between the government and the RBA? Does the government decision actually impact when and if the RBA does raise interest rates?
1: That's a very interesting point because institutionally, the RBA is established as uh, autonomous and independent of the government. There was an expectation, at least some observers here in Australia, expected that the central bank, that the RBA, would not change the interest rate until after the elections. And that's primarily because it is only after the elections that the central bank will have official statistics on wages and salaries. So there was an expectation that the RBA would want to receive these official statistics on wages and salaries before making a decision, and that would happen after elections. However, as we have seen in the statement released by the governor of the RBA the other day, Even without these official statistics on wages, the RBA has sufficient information from preliminary statistics that wages are growing quite fast, that inflation is above what we expected even just a month ago, and therefore, based on economic considerations, this is the right time to increase the interest rate.
0: On Tuesday night, just hours after the announcement by the RBA to lift the cash rate, the Commonwealth Bank announced they would be passing on the full rate hike to their customers. The ANZ and Westpac followed suit shortly after, with NAB announcing they too would also increase by the full 0.25% the next morning. According to 2016 data, 37% of Australians have a mortgage – And most of those would have been on a variable rate or a rate that can be changed according to market fluctuations. Those people are now having to find a bit extra each month from the budget that is already under rising cost of living pressures to pay their home loans. The PM, though, is confident that most Australians are in a position to take the financial hit.
1: Australians have been preparing for this for some time. We have seen them double their buffers on their mortgages. And we have seen them move from variable rates to fixed rates. But importantly, we've also seen them strengthen their own balance sheets, in preparation for what they always knew would not be the continuation of extraordinarily low rates.
0: So what does this actually mean for the housing market and those who either hold a current mortgage or who want to get one? Dr Nicola Powell is Domain's Chief of Economics and Research. Nicola, in real terms, What does an interest rate rise mean per month, say, for someone with a mortgage of $500,000? All of the big four banks
2: have said that they are going to fully pass on this rate hike to customers. So, what that means is those customers that are on a variable rate mortgage will find that their monthly repayments will change uh, in a matter of weeks. So, somebody that, say, has a $500,000 home loan, they'll need to find $65 extra per month to cover this rate hike. If you've got a million dollars as a home loan, it's an extra $131. Uh, per
0: month. Now, for a lot of people who've had their mortgage for more than 10 years, it's probably not going to be that big of a shock because when they got their mortgages, the interest rate was higher than it's been for the last decade. But what will it mean for those people, especially those who have bought in the last 12 months to two years, to have these interest rates increase when a lot of people really pushed their financial limits to get into the property market?
2: So it is going to be a shock for some uh, homeowners out there that have never experienced an increase in interest rates. It does mean that, you know, we're all going to have to tighten our belts to uh, cover the increase in costs. You know, the last time we saw interest rates move higher was back in 2010. And the other thing that we're also facing is the cost of living is escalating as well. So, you know, we're spending more on all fronts. But over the last couple of years, households have accumulated an additional two hundred and forty billion in savings. They've scrolled that away into bank accounts. So what that means is there are many homeowners out there that have built up a bit of a savings buffer for this exact scenario. And there are also a proportion of mortgage holders that are ahead. You know, They've built that buffer and they're actually paid ahead of their, their mortgage repayments. We've also got to remember, though, as well, we had a higher serviceability buffer when assessing home loan applications. So, when um, a mortgage holder was assessed at their ability to repay their home loan, it was 3% above the the actual interest rate for that particular mortgage product to factor in this very scenario. You know, another factor as well is the proportion of people that have high debts and low repayment buffers is actually lower now than it was prior to the pandemic. So the risk of homeowners falling behind is reduced by all of those factors that I just discussed but I think if we speak about this as a whole, you know, Australia as a whole, a trend for higher mortgage defaults and a repossession of a, of more homes by the banks to have that scenario we would need to have another catalyst of higher unemployment rate and we've got very low unemployment rate and very tight uh, labor markets what that tight labor market will eventually do is translate into a more substantial rise in wages growth so That is good for incomes and that is good for homeowners and mortgage holders.
0: Just finally, Nicola, we were told when interest rates rose, the property market would maybe level out, possibly fall. Are we seeing that yet? I think the interesting
2: part of this is we're already seeing momentum ease in our housing market before that official cash interest rate was moved higher by the RBA. That was for a variety of reasons why we're seeing some of that momentum come out of our housing market and it's much more evident in our larger cities of Sydney and Melbourne and that's because we've seen a pullback in demand because affordability is really constraining buyers. We have seen supply increase and actually you know, 2022 has begun in a very different scenario. Scenario for buyers because there is much greater choice on the market. We have seen listings increase and buyers are utilising that uh, to their advantage. But also, we've had a period of time where fixed mortgage rates have been moving higher for some time anyway. So, I think there is an inverse relationship between uh, the direction of interest rates and housing prices so I think as we see interest rates rise we do see more momentum come out of our housing market we're likely to see that because higher interest rates impact the amount a potential buyer can actually borrow uh, which has flow on
0: impacts into the market. So will there be more rate rises in our future? The answer to that according to Philip Lowe is probably yes. I expect that further increases in interest rates will be necessary over the months ahead. The Board is not on a preset path and it will be guided by the evidence and the data as it takes the necessary steps to achieve the medium term inflation target and support full employment
1: in Australia.
0: The experts, though, are not in full agreement when predicting exactly how much that rate will rise by in coming months but all say it will be moving up pretty much every month over the next few years. Some say it will move from today's level of 0.35% to 2.5% by 2024. Others predict the next rate rise in June will be by 40 basis points to 0.75%. Until then, we'll just have to wait and see how the supply and demand scales shift to see if that inflation level can get back on target. That's the quickie for today. This episode was produced by myself, Claire Murphy, and our executive producer, Siobhan Moran-McFarlane, with audio production by Jacob Brown. If you want to know more about your finances and how to make smart decisions, did you know that Mamma Mia also has a podcast dedicated to helping you manage your money? What the Finance helps you answer all the big and small questions you need to know about being financially independent, like how much money should you save each week? Is there such a thing as a good debt? Where does super actually go? When it comes to money, it's very easy to avoid talking about it. That's why What the Finance is here to help. Over eight weeks, join financial expert and author Melissa Brown as she helps actress and activist Pallavi Sharda and you at home get good with money. Check out What the Finance wherever you get your podcasts.